Hi there, I'm Jim. And I'm Claire. Let's talk teaching. Welcome to Let's Talk Teaching, a podcast from the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Technology here at Illinois State University. I'm Jim G. Returning to our podcast today, Dr. Claire LaMonica, our director. Hi, Claire. Hi, Jim. How are you? I'm so happy to be here doing this again. It's been about a month. It's been a very busy month around here at CTLT. We've we've had spring break. We've had our spring institute. Um, what else has been going on? We've had uh, upgraded. We're getting ready for summer. We're getting ready. Well, we are getting ready for summer. Upgrade to Reginet. Yeah. All I'll, kinds of stuff. We've been a hop in place. We have been. And, you know, when we as faculty members or as instructors get busy, segue coming up here, segue <laughs> warning, uh, when we get busy, it is sometimes hard for us to keep up with kind of our commitment to students to give them prompt feedback. So we want to talk today about prompt feedback, one of the seven principles for good practice in undergraduate education. It is indeed. And I think that the subtitle of today's episode should be, uh, do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) (laughs) I I have to say, I work very, very hard at giving students prompt feedback, um, but it does not come naturally to me. I am Mm -hmm. not... Uh, a sit down and get this done kind of person. And I have a mentor and many, many colleagues who just cannot rest until those student papers have been addressed. And um, that is so not me. So I, you know, I, the good news is I get it and I understand why it's important. And that, that provides me with some impetus to, you know, to get after it and, and get it done in a timely fashion. If not, Totally prompt, at least timely. And I, uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, and it's something I, I'd like to think I've improved on upon a little bit. And it really wasn't until I started to get uh, to really pay attention to the um, the feedback I got, either from in the middle of the semester or from students at the end of the semester. Um, and I realized, oh yeah, that is that's an achievable goal. When we've been talking about doing the seven principles, and we'll of course link to some of our past episodes where we've talked about some of the other principles. But we kept, we would always go, oh, prompt feedback. Yeah, we should do that episode. <laughs> we, should, we should do that one someday. It's like we, the procrastinators club in here. It really <laughs> was. So we were not very prompt about doing the episode on prompt feedback, which I think is kind of delicious in its own way. Um, and, and part of the problem is we were talking before we started recording, not, not really the problem, but part of the challenge in, in discussing this is there's the prompt part, but there's also what exactly constitutes feedback. And, and the one kind of relates to the other. So I'm not sure where we should begin with this other than let's, let's review a little bit about summative and formative feedback. Yeah, well, we can, I, you know, sure, we can talk about the feedback part first, and we can remind ourselves and, yeah. and anybody who's listening to this that there are two kinds of feedback. There's formative feedback and there's summative feedback. And formative feedback is feedback that you provide to students while they are in the midst of learning, and um, it helps them uh gain a new understanding it you know it um when we're uh because i teach writing i always think of it in terms of you know that's the feedback i give them while they're working on their papers mm-hmm. some of the feedback is that's the grade that's what you get at the end it's evaluative it tells you how you did um as a student um and i think that we we in higher education have seen for a while as one of our challenges 
getting students not to be so focused on that summative feedback, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. to pay more attention to the formative feedback that we're providing along the way. So that's just kind of a refresher for right. a pod episode right. something else. <laughs> so does one need to be more prompt than the other? Well, you know, my sense is, yes, my sense is that formative feedback really, really has to be prompt because the the whole purpose of feedback is to let students know how they're doing. And um, formative feedback, it's not going to do students any good to know how they did on their first draft after they've written their fourth draft. Right. You know, they really need to know that before they write their second draft. So, and, you know, analogous situations in in any discipline. Uh, So I think I I actually am pretty good about prompt formative feedback. Mm -hmm. When when my students are in the middle of a project, I am um, really dedicated to making sure that by the next time I see them, they have heard from me and mm-hmm. they have some feedback. It's those, it's that summative feedback that I tend to procrastinate and put right. off. And, and that's where I have to really be hard on myself and say, okay, I, I have to have this back within a week or, or whatever. So because they are going to start the next project. And mm-hmm. yes, in fact, the next project will go better if they, have already had even summative feedback on this first project. And that's where I, I, I'm so glad you said that because that's where I kind of had that revelation of, oh yeah, this is, this is part of the issue. I mean, yes, I'm busy. Yes, they're busy, but we really do need to kind of put a period on that last assignment before we really get them engaged in the next assignment. And when you're doing project-based learning, um, that can that can be a challenge. I mean, the daily stuff is a challenge too. Yeah. Let's face it. So I have students who are creating performances. Um, they really need to have kind of that. F- I give them feedback along the way because formative feedback is about knowing, about learning what you don't know as much as what you do know, mm-hmm. right? But uh, you have to give them that that kind of that 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 put that exclamation mark on the end of it, right? Um, so they can. Cognitively move on. I think, yes. To some yeah. Extent. Yeah. I think that yeah. I think there's something to be said for you that. Know. And I'm a, I, you know, I'm a procrastinator, as you well know. Being <laughs> being also my supervisor here at CTLT, we and have we a will, club, and we well, <laughs> <laughs> and we are doing our our, our employee self evaluations here <laughs> this week too, aren't we? Um, but it's uh, formative feedback. It is formative. You're, well, you're right. And and uh, one of my habits is that um, you know I have this desire to get things done completely before moving on to the next thing. And that's not always possible in our own work lives. We have to juggle a couple things at a time. But when it comes to learning, I think it's 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 not necess- that model doesn't necessarily uh, translate as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think which is not to say students shouldn't be doing multiple things, you know, uh, or that they aren't. That I mean they that they not. are. They, they constantly are. Yeah. are. yeah. yeah. Um, but even within the same class, you know, I I talked about three different ongoing assignments last night that they have in, in the course I'm teaching this semester. So, okay, we're dancing around the prompt part, <laughs> I, th- I feel, though. So that's an important, that's kind of an important foundation uh, on what, what we're going to explore for the rest of today's episode. But when we're talking about prompt feedback, let's talk about what are some ways to give students that prompt, if not immediate feedback on what they're doing. Although it could be. Yeah. It could be immediate. Um, you know, you well, and as a matter of fact, we pretty consistently are giving immediate feedback. So when we're in class mm-hmm. um, and students are doing any sort of, quote, performance, unquote. So during a class discussion, 
we give prompt feedback when we respond to what they said as mm-hmm. part of the discussion. Or better yet, when someone else in the class responds to what they said as part of the discussion. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, we're all having feedback all the time right. on, on everything we say. So that's that's kind of a, a feedback really broadly. You know, it's a communication. <laughs> it's a communication <laughs> right. definition of yeah. feedback. That's, yeah. That is part of the it's transactional broadly model defined. of communication. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but also I think we need to realize, and I think this might be a place that we as instructors can um, give ourselves a little break we don't have to be the only source of feedback for our ah, students. Yes. So um, it's possible, for example, for a student to complete a self-evaluation in the midst of a project mm-hmm. or um, a, a paper or whatever to sort of tell you how they think it's going and where they need help and what they're struggling with and what they're really proud of. Um, you know, all of that is good information that you can then um, – pretty quickly react to and let them know, you know, yeah, you're right. You're doing that really well. Or, oh, I can tell you're struggling with that. Let me, let me give you a boost. Let me show you Mm -hmm. uh, an approach that you might take. So, you know, self-evaluation can be a form of feedback. Mm -hmm. Peer evaluation, which is something I think a lot of people shy away from because it's a little bit, um, because student default is to say, you know, to their friend who's mm-hmm. also in the class, good job, smiley face. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And that's not feedback. That's not helpful. Right. Um, so I think the thing about the trick to peer response and peer feedback is to always structure that. Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked about that before. You know, providing some structure for that feedback. What kinds of things do you want them to respond to? Right. And model feedback, so mm-hmm. they should be seeing in your feedback to them mm-hmm. um, the kind of feedback that you want them to give each other. Right. Um, maybe providing a template, providing examples, having conversations in class about times that they've been helped by feedback, maybe from a coach, from a music teacher. Oh, that's um, interesting. Okay. You know, and... Um, so that they understand what it is that they're trying to do and that, yes, it actually is, it's not helpful to my classmates if I just say, good job, smiley face. It mm-hmm. might save their feelings, but it won't save their grade. Right. So, <laughs> right. No, you true. know, um, yeah. so it's it's more helpful if, in fact, you give them some sort of actionable um, feedback, something that they can that they can move forward with, mm-hmm. and and helping students to learn how to give feedback is actually a very valuable set of skills. Oh my goodness, absolutely! Um, uh, you know, uh, and again, I always I, I'm only teaching one course a semester, so I have a limited set of examples to draw from. In the course uh, that I teach, again, I do have a couple exercises where students have done a performance, and then they. Part of the of the overall grade is for them to critique other students' yes. performances. Yes. Now, now that had to be very much structured, and yes. the feedback is anonymous. So, in 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 order to encourage students to be honest, so I'm not sure that you know that achieves the goals I have for the class. I don't right. know overall if yeah. that's necessarily. I think a lot of people do that. Yeah, that's okay. Um, but, but I yeah, yeah, but I think yeah that the idea of teaching students to provide 
good feedback. Right. And part of that may be including that good feedback as as part of the assessment for the project. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to grade your final product, but I'm also going to grade a part part of that grade is going to include the feedback that you gave other people and and whether or not that was helpful. So, mm-hmm. um and you know, I think it's also important. I was talking about modeling earlier to help students learn to give feedback respectfully and to make them understand or to help them understand that that's the expectation that feedback is always respectful mm-hmm. and um given in respectful ways and with the ultimate aim of helping somebody else learn. So, you know, feedback, because feedback can be, um, as we both know, it can be destructive if it's delivered in the wrong way um, or at the wrong time or in the wrong fashion, you know, that can, that can be hurtful. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that students understand all the all the things that go into providing feedback. You know, it's interesting because I just realized this. Both you and I come from a background where, at various points in our lives, we've served the role of editor. Yeah. Which which is a, which is a feedback. For our sins. Well, yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. Um, well, in my case, talk about the Peter Principle, yeah. but that's a whole other that's a whole other episode. Um, no, but seriously, uh, talking about uh, you know I. The best experience I had working with an editor, in a journalistic sense in my case, are editors who make suggestions instead of the Perry White sort of you know, yeah. uh, hard-nosed, cigar-chomping yeah. editor. Just making corrections yeah. and, and Cor- shouting yeah. people down. Yeah, yeah. Why, don't, you know how to, don't you yeah. know how to spell? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Not- which is an open question for me, but that's a whole other. <laughs> well, and we, you know, so here's another way to think about it. Many of us have experience providing feedback to Journal author, um, editors of, or I'm sorry, authors of journal articles. Right. So we are um, reviewers mm-hmm. for various journals. And um, I don't think everyone does this, but I always try to uh, sort of have a positive demeanor in my reviews, even if what I'm saying is, yeah, I, this isn't ready. Yeah. <laughs> or it's not appropriate for this journal or mm-hmm. whatever. Um to offer some feedback that allows people to move forward. So, you know, I, I try to respond to colleagues in the same way I would respond to students, but also to respond to students in the same way I would respond to colleagues, which is respectfully mm-hmm. and um, with with the full knowledge that they're they're going to use this, or with the with the full hope, I guess I should say, that they're going to use this and and move forward. So because you can you can really damage a relationship with a student and I've done this so I know um you know that you can damage a relationship with a student with sort of ill-conceived feedback even mm-hmm. though you may mean it in a really positive way. So. Yeah. Don't want that to happen. Or or my experience We're going to scare people. Nobody's going to want to give No feedback. one's going to want to give feedback after this or in my experience trying to be uh humor uh, humorous. Yeah. And that didn't that didn't work either. That didn't land. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Um and this is, you know, I think that, though, to be totally honest, is another reason why it took us a while to get to this, because the, all of the things we've been talking about are things that I have said to myself, yeah, I don't want to do that. deal yeah. with that right now. Um, because getting students to give each other feedback can be can seem like an onerous task, especially if you've never done it before or you're, it's not very well structured. Yeah. Going back to that idea of students giving themselves feedback, where do you see, and we haven't talked about this, where do you see the relationship between student, prompt student feedback 
and the idea of a study group because we've talked about study groups oh, in past episodes. I had never thought about that, but of course that's feedback. I mean, yeah. when they're working in groups to learn, you know, another thing that's feedback is um, I was taking one of those BuzzFeed uh, quizzes right on Facebook the other day, you know, oh, okay. and, and interestingly, it was like, how much do you know about teaching and learning? And one of the questions had to do with um, feedback. And one of the questions in the quiz had to do with uh, what's a good way to study? And one of the answers, the answer, the correct answer was quiz yourself. And that, in fact, yes, that's much a much better way to study than rereading the chapter or using a highlighter or even, you know, creating um, comments in the margins. Quizzing yourself is a great way to learn because guess what? It's prompt feedback. You know, right away, you can look it up and find out, oh, I got that answer wrong. So even though it's students doing it for themselves, mm -hmm. it's it's fast mm -hmm. and it's and it's helpful. So because they know they've taken they've they've misunderstood or not learned something. So that's good. That is good. Yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. That's a good way of looking at it. So when we're talking about um, prompt feedback, there are still going to be times we've talked. We have some ideas now about how you can get students to to give feedback. Uh, to each other, or having feedback to as themselves. part of a, to themselves, mm -hmm. having feedback as part of a discussion in class, but there are still times when we as instructors just have to. <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> we we really avoid. can't pass it off to anybody else and, anymore. <laughs> so we can, and we and so we can't end end this episode without at least talking a little bit about maybe some techniques or some uh, some things to avoid at least when we are. You know, we always go back to planning the semester, but even if you know it's the middle of the semester now or a little bit thereafter, and we are uh, and everything's piled up, what do you do? Yeah. Well, I think you. I I think the first thing is you prioritize. So you prioritize what's what is the most important thing I need students to learn from this feedback, and you really focus on that and don't spend, you know, focus your time, focus your attention on that. Um, don't spend hours and hours giving the kind of feedback that's that's not going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, once again, because I always default to writing, right? So yeah. on an early draft, mm -hmm. they hear nothing from me about their grammar and punctuation. I'm an English teacher. I had to, I had to train myself to do that. I had to actually, there were, there were a few months where I sat on my hands while I was reading early drafts in order to keep from going in and editing the student work. That's, that wasn't the most important thing for them to hear, right? To hear from me was, how's the paper going? Where do they need more evidence? You know, do they have a clear thesis? Are they on the right track? So, you know, there were just really more important things to sure. address. Sure. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's one of the things that we need to remind ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think find a, a way of providing feedback that's comfortable for you. I tend to, you know, you, well, I, I used to write it all out in longhand on their papers. Mm -hmm. um, I moved to, writing it, um, you know, composing at the computer mm -hmm. so that now I can, you know, take a, a document that they've submitted and I can, you know, I, I well, I'm going to use the word type. I, <laughs> I type in my comments. I, you know, mm -hmm. I write my comp comments um, on the text. Um, but there are other ways. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you can record your feedback. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I've never done this, but I do have colleagues who've done it successfully for years. And I understand that in ReggieNet, I can do it in ReggieNet. So, um, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, what, what, I can? Um, you yeah. should, like, call Charles. <laughs> yeah. Go, go, go <laughs> or, to our, or go to our website, ctlt.illinoisstate.edu. Click on the big old ReggieNet logo. That will get you to the instructional support side of ReggieNet. Yeah. And then you can, you can, you can uh, contact us from there. Yeah, um, yeah I, I've, I have not actually used it this semester in teaching, but I know that we, we've played around with the function a little bit. It works. Um, it, you are limited to like 180 seconds, so that's like what three minutes. That's or three like. minutes. That yeah. should be that should be plenty. So it forces yeah. you to be succinct. Um, oddly enough, in a uh, for a broadcast performance class, I don't record audio feedback back to the student. <laughs> um, and I have before, and one reason why part of it's just a I, I would rather type out my thoughts because I'm working off a rubric typically, right. and and but even with their papers, I don't mark their papers. I don't return their papers anymore. And of course, I'm accepting all this electronically. I'm not doing markup in the in the paper because it's not about, it's about the ideas that they're presenting, not necessarily how they formatted them and stuff for this course. Um, but I do p always put comments in in the mm -hmm. in, in ReggieNet when the mm -hmm. assignment is returned, mm -hmm. um, and there are bullet points about what what's going on. And I always say with papers, if you want to get a little bit more detail, come in and see me. Right. Very rarely do they do that. I'll be honest, but um, but they again, will sometimes. But but I, I used to just cor just correct their grammar because I think that when we get overwhelmed uh, as instructors, sometimes we kind of. Go back to basics because it's the easiest thing to We go to, to where we're comfortable. Yeah. You know, it's, um, that's what we do when we're stressed. We go back to know. where we're comfortable. And, and you, know, you know, that's an easy thing. Oh, yeah, look, there should be a comma here. Yeah. But, but you know, you mentioned rubrics, and yeah. um, that's another form of feedback, right? Mm -hmm. And it's it can, it can be a time-saving form of feedback, mm -hmm. particularly when you get to that sort of summative point. Right. You know, where what I need to do now is evaluate and give a grade. And a rubric mm -hmm. is a great time-saving tool. And mm -hmm. um, But it's not just about saving time. It's about providing useful feedback. And so a rubric really helps students see exactly where they went wrong in terms of the expectations for the assignment. Right, right. So it's, it's quite communicative. I always... I always, with a rubric, try to keep in mind that anything that's in the rubric is basically a rubber stamp response. And so all of my rubrics have room for individual comment for and, comments. And, and that's what I was talking yeah. about. Yeah. And so right. and I so I yeah. do try to make sure that nobody yeah. just gets back a rubric no, where no. I've checked off boxes or on or highlighted things or whatever. Right. But that I I write but it saves me time. I can give a more personal response uh -huh. because I've taken care of all those rubber stamp things in the in the rubric. Right. So I feel like then I can use that extra piece to make a connection with the student. And I think in any assignment, especially maybe in the assignments that you or I would be looking at, given our disciplines, um, there's an awful lot of subjectivity. And a rubric is a way not to, not to eliminate that, but to at least communicate it like you said a little bit more uh to, maybe to objectify it a little bit mm -hmm. in an agreed upon language because i always go the students always of course have the rubric before the assignment mm -hmm. is is given right uh, or before they do the assignment so they kind of know what the expectations are and stuff like that we've talked a little bit about this before but i want to as to kind of summarize uh our discussion of prompt feedback today to uh talk a little bit about the dialogue with students about setting expectations on when they should 
when should they expect to get feedback? Yeah. And especially that summative feedback that we're talking about. Yeah. Because I've had some consultations with faculty members, and I, I've done this myself, and I and I still catch myself doing it, saying, yeah, I should have that back to you next week. No, I didn't have that back to them yeah. next week. And that really creates, I think, uh, some angst, especially because students are, are kind of used to that. They want... Like you said, well, they gear themselves up for getting it back, and, and they then fo- they and, don't get it. Yeah, and, and it's like a letdown. Yeah, even with the best of feedback, yeah. um, and you know, at and if they are really focused just on that grade, not, and we haven't yet reached the point where they're thinking more about the learning behind the grade, then it, it that exacerbates the situation even more. So, any advice on? Well, I um, I think it's important to let students know the time frame in which they can expect. So um, I once made myself wildly Im- unpopular. Um, <laughs> I think we talked about this once. Did we yeah, talked about that. But it's the, worth telling in the, again. In the writing program by um, putting, uh, putting a note yeah. in the standard syllabus for English 101 that instructors would always return graded work within 10 10 days or something like that right, and yeah. um boy did i get a lot of graduate students really angry at me got, got a lot of feedback <laughs> so didn't you? i got a lot of prompt and promptly yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but um i think setting a reasonable expectation i in part because students expectation seems to be that it that all feedback will be immediate right you know i think um in this in this digital age they're so used to getting immediate and right. i mean by immediate i mean within you know you you put something on facebook and you, you know if you don't start getting likes within a couple of minutes right. you start to wonder did that really post why, well, why or, are my friends you or, know liking this or if you text someone on your phone you're expecting an immediate response that's In fact, right i had a student say to me a couple of days ago uh, well i texted him but but i didn't even get a a, a, a delivered receipt and i'm like Oh, are you getting those? Like you're you're yeah. making sure it's even delivered, so yeah. so you have no excuse not to see it because our yeah. phones. Are, yeah. Um. And I think that's also true, by the way, which is a which is a whole other episode, talking about communication between instructors and students. Right. Um. You know, they expect those emails answered right away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So so students are expecting truly immediate feedback, and that's just not you know that's not possible. Mm-hmm. When you're giving a test or you're grading a paper or you're reading a lab report or you're watching a performance or whatever. So um, I think it's important to sort of define prompt in your syllabus mm-hmm. and to say and, you know, and to say, you know, unless you hear otherwise from me, you can anticipate that I will return your work within X amount of time. And um, and then, yeah, if that's not going to be possible, you know, because you're you know, your kid breaks his leg or, you know, something what, happens. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, then you tell the students, you say, you know, I I was as fast as you can. Yeah. I was anticipating that I would have these back for you next class period, you know, send right. out an email, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's not going to happen. Um, I should be able to get them done by X. So I think, you know, an ongoing conversation about um, yeah. when they're going to get their work back. But you can't do that too many times, I think, is the is the other aspect right. of it. You can't constantly, you can't make it the norm that every oh, class no. period starts with. Even, <laughs> with even an though, excuse. <laughs> even though I like having a little housekeeping time in, yeah. in a class. Um, so, But you can't set up that the, that the expectation is that you're going to come and make the excuse du jour. Right, right. So, no, you, you have to. Yeah. You, you know, you, you have to be respectful of their need for feedback and responsible in your role as their instructor and the person who's responsible for their learning. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and and you have to give them you have to give them feedback in a, in a timely fashion. Yeah, know? I know, and it sounds so simple to say that, but it is. Yeah, but it's, it's so hard. The the last thing I would probably want to leave folks with who are listening, if because prompt feedback is so important, then if you're semester after semester, if you have some some assignments, some assessments you're doing, whatever whatever you want to call them. Uh, if there are parts of lessons that you are constantly struggling with to give prompt feedback, then maybe it's time to reevaluate how you're doing those lessons. Because if the payoff isn't there in the end, then they're, you know, are you sure they're actually learning from them? And that's something that we can, we can consult with, uh, with instructors here. We're happy to do that at, at, here at CTLT um, and take a look at what you're doing and maybe give you some advice on maybe different ways of, of, of assessing or of doing the same exercise. That's a great idea. All right, Claire. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Jim. And that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Let's Talk Teaching. You can go to our website at ctlt.illinoisstate.edu. Click on the podcast link in the upper right of the page. You can find today's show notes. We'll link to the original study that the seven principles are all based on and some of our past episodes and some other useful material. You can also find out how to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. Until we talk again. Happy teaching.